by the message of an angel, may, by his passion and cross, be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. Live from the KATH 910 AM studios in Las Colinas and broadcasting across North Texas on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is the Good News Show. And good afternoon. Welcome to the Good News Show here on KTH 910 AM, Guadalupe Radio Network. It's an hour that we get every week. I look forward to it. Uh, even though it's Monday, it's fun to kind of wrap up and talk about what happened over the weekend and also events and news and things going on, the good stuff going on here in the Dallas and Fort Worth Diocese. Here in North Texas, today will be no exception. Second half of the show, we have our friend Adrian Montes from Modern Day Parish in uh, Irving coming in. And, uh, boy, they got a lot of stuff going on over there at the parish, uh, including uh, an Our Lady of Fatima candlelight procession on October 13th. Okay, so that's going to be nine days from now, which I guess would be next Wednesday. I think that's right, yeah. Uh, and so we'll talk about that and why you should be involved in celebrating the dancing of the sun and Fatima and all that kind of good stuff. So he'll be joining us in studio here in a little while. And uh, before that, we are going to be talking to some other in-studio guests. Very delighted. And thanks, by the way, Jane Kennecke, Executive Director of the HALO Initiative uh, for the Dallas Diocese uh, Catholic Schools. Uh, she lined this up and got me very well prepared. Uh, Rick Spur is the Chair of the HALO Initiative, and also Dr. Matthew Variki, Superintendent of Catholic Schools at the Dallas Diocese, joining me here in studio. We'll talk to them in just a moment about what is the HALO Initiative and uh, how it's helping uh, families. Uh, send their children to Catholic schools and uh, what it's all about and how you might be involved. And before that, though, let me welcome Cecil Anderson, uh, our, <laughs> our North Texas assistant. How are you doing, Cecil? I am doing very well. Uh, it is nice weather today, which I'm greatly appreciating. I kind of was, I guess I was used to only going out in the mornings and the evenings last week when it was really nice fall weather that I forgot. It still gets quite hot in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. So on yeah. Saturday, I was out with my friends and I was dressed in a cute fall outfit and I walked out and I was like, it is hot out here. Yeah. <laughs> so that yeah. was a little disappointing. Yeah, still, it's, it's a whole lot better than it was a month ago or two weeks ago. So the fall is in the air, and it feels pretty nice, and so uh, praise God for that. All right, a few things I want to go over before we get to our first guest. First off, today is the feast day of St. Francis of Assisi. Did you know that? And they're going to have a number, thanks to Annette Gonzalez-Taylor, sending uh, from the Office of Communications of the Dallas Diocese. They're going to have some blessing of the animals at various parishes uh, today. St. Michael the Archangel and Garland at 4 o'clock. Um, that was yesterday. I'm sorry. Uh, if you, you know, don't go to <laughs> don't that go one. There. That was yesterday. Today, uh, over at uh, St. Monica, uh, mm-hmm. 5.30 to 6.30 p.m., a drive-through blessing. That's adorable. <laughs> uh, so cars will enter in a medway. And then also uh, today, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m., uh, Christ the King is going to have a blessing of the animals as well. All right, trivia time. I told Cicel I was oh, going to ask dear. her this question. Uh, and uh, the oldest parish in the Diocese of Dallas is celebrating their 150th anniversary. Any guess what that parish is? 
<laughs> I bet our in-studio guests know. Yeah, they they look very good. <laughs> no, they're not even going to be able to. I can't even phone a friend. <laughs> That's uh, not good. Hold no, on. Let me see. Can no. I, I'll just make a guess. Take a wild guess. Knowing that I'm 100% wrong. Is okay. that okay? I like the confidence. I'm going yeah. to say St. Pius X because why not? Okay, why not? Um, hey, no, it's, it was a good guess. Thank so congratulations. you. I appreciate it. Uh, our uh, Immaculate Conception Parish in Corsicana. Oh, Okay, Did not Immaculate know that. Conception Parish, 150th anniversary. And so they had a big uh, mass yesterday. Boy, that's a lot. That's a long time. Um, and yeah, it tends to be south and, and east. The mm. ones they like Wiley, St. Anthony of Wiley is very old. I think it started from the east and then it kind of moved westward. Yeah, St. Martin of Tours is also on. Yeah, 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 St. Martin. Yeah, we know that from going been out, being, going out there for I have the, a the shirt festivals. That says 108th <laughs> Carnival from a few years ago. Yeah, so anyways, pretty congratulations to them. All right, uh, a couple things real quickly. Uh, this Friday, October 8th, 5 to 7 p.m., we're going to be celebrating our 15th anniversary of Catholic Radio in North Texas, and we're inviting everybody who has a uh, a memory or something good. It's going to be something good, okay, to say about Catholic Radio, <laughs> what impact it's had on you. Call in during those two hours, and if you call in and give a testimony or a memory of Catholic Radio for 15 years, we're going to put you into drawing, and we have these two really cool statues of Our Lady Beautiful Guadalupe statues. that we got at Sacred Heart uh, Gifts in, in Dallas, and uh, somebody's going to win one at the top of each hour. So uh, get your thoughts together, call in live um, during the hour, and they can also post something on social media, right, Cecil? Yes, if you go to our Facebook page, GRNDFW, I have a pin post at the top of that where people can write their memories um, and how it's Catholic Radio has impacted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So, uh, yeah, so that's this Friday, the 8th, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. All right. Uh, let's see. Live remotes this Saturday. We're going to be at St. Catherine of Siena Parish in Carrollton from 9 to 11. Rowena and Cecil will be doing yes. that uh, autumn fest. We've been yes. going out there for many years. And then later on that afternoon from 4 to 6, I'm going to be out at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton Parish in Keller uh, for their fall fest. And uh, Father Flynn and uh, yeah, some of my, my friends and uh, folks out there, we're going to be out there from 4 to 6. Uh, so that's going to be this Saturday. And then finally, if you um, participate in a life chain event yesterday like I did, Kind um, of. Thank you for doing that. It was great. A great opportunity mm-hmm. to witness for the cause of life. And uh, some people go by and honk and say, way to go. And some people aren't so happy that you're out there, <laughs> as we saw that. But I was out there for at the Keller one in, in uh, at, uh, off of 377 for a little while with my son <laughs> yesterday. Quite an experience. But uh, And there, there are some other ones that will be coming up. They actually have extended them into November. So uh, get involved in Life Chain if you possibly can. All right. So that's what's going on. Anything else, Cecil, before we move on? I think we covered I think we pretty well covered it. Yeah, okay. except for the fact that I just remember my my dogs are unblessed at the moment, and I need to find, <laughs> need to go to one of those parishes and get them blessed because they'll be very upset. Yeah. knowing that other dogs have been blessed and not them. Yeah, so. yeah, you don't want you don't want to put them through that. that that's <laughs> yeah, that's that's like animal cruelty, it isn't is, it? Basically. All right, so um, this is the good news show. It's seven minutes after the hour. We got a, a packed show, so let's get right on to our first guests. And again, the Halo Initiative for Catholic Schools. In the Diocese of Dallas, the chair of Halo Initiative, Rick Spur, is here, I think, making his first visit to the KTH studio. So, Rick, welcome. Indeed. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. And then, uh, no stranger to this studio, because he used to actually host a show, uh, DFW Alive, um, Dr. Matthew Variki, uh, superintendent of Catholic Schools in Dallas Diocese. Good to see you again, Dr. Variki. Yeah, thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. 
All right, let's get uh, right to it. You're kind of the the, the new face here. Uh, so let me uh, start off, Rick, with you, uh, chair of the Halo Initiative. For those people listening right now that have never heard of the Halo Initiative, what is it? And uh, maybe your background and how you got involved. So my background is uh, in technology. I was the CEO of a technology company here in Dallas for 12 years. Uh, but I stepped down from that role in 2016 and at the top of my priority list at that time was giving back. And uh, through a circuitous set of questions and answers and visits uh, involving Notre Dame, I met Dr. Vricky and respected his leadership and asked if I could help. Okay, okay. So you, you wanted, did you want specifically to help in Catholic schools? You wanted to give back? And, I wanted specifically to yeah. help in Catholic schools. I had 15 years of Catholic school education. Okay. And, uh, and I believe in it. It served me well, and I think it has a way to better people's lives and have a significant impact. So yeah. to the extent I can help with that, I wanted to. Did you did you go here locally or, or all the way through high school? No, or? I grew up in St. Louis. I went through high school in St. Louis, and then I went to the University of Notre Dame. Okay, okay. And then joined IBM for 17 years and moved all over the world, uh, but ended up here in a technology company, as I said, CEO for 12 years. All right. And uh, Dr. Vicky, tell us from your perspective uh, the, the, why you thought that Rick would be a good fit for this and kind of your own kind of take on what the HALO initiative is and how it's blessing Catholic schools in the Diocese of Dallas. Well, it was a real natural evolution. Rick brings just a tremendous perspective to the idea of both philanthropy and Catholic schools in general which comes from that technology background, the business background, to really begin to think about some things that we just weren't educated in or trained on. And so I found the relationship to be really exciting from the beginning where I could ask Rick questions. He would think about things in a different way. He would question me and say, well, why do you think you should do it that way? And merging those two aspects, I think both the faith aspect and the mission aspect, along with just some really great business practices, has been really helpful for us. And bringing in that outside perspective, that third-party perspective, to really kind of make us interrogate within the system how we're doing things, how we're connecting to families, how we're really living out that mission has has been incredibly uh, just wonderful for us. Yeah. And Rick, the first thing I asked you when you came in today, my, my question was, is HALO something that had been started, uh, some kind of national initiative, or maybe the USCCB had started it, and then, you know, you and Dr. Vreke just kind of took what already had existed. But that wasn't the case. It started here. This is a brand new initiative, isn't it? Yes, it is. It was uh, actually became somewhat uh, real last middle of 2020. But it was all Matt's conception. Matt is the founder, along with some other gentlemen and, and, and other participants, a female on the board that conceived of what Halo would be. Let me ask him to talk about that high level yeah. perspective that he thought Halo could bring. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. What was the inspiration? Well, we had taken a look at a lot of national organizations, and what we had found is that every diocese, as they continued to mature their Catholic school system, eventually had some kind of foundation for Catholic schools. And um, that ranged from things like the Fulcrum Foundation, which is in Seattle, to Big Shoulders, which is in Chicago. And in some ways, they were really designed to kind of help and support the system. But in every case, what we found is that it created this tension within the diocese where they got 
got big enough that the diocese was either worried they were pulling funding from schools or from educational initiatives, or they were still run by the diocese. And so, you know, they were separate, but they weren't really separate. And what we thought down here would really be useful for us was an organization which was entirely separate from the diocese, blessed by the diocese and really connected to the diocese in a way which allowed for kind of this healthy tension to occur, Mm -hmm. not just this rubber stamp or this way to to be put together. And um, we're very fortunate to have a bishop who saw that vision and understood what we were trying to get at and how we were trying to get at this. And especially in a place like Dallas, where you're really into the idea of accountability and to the idea of parishioners and lay people coming alongside the their pastors and our clergy, the bishop really took a leap of faith to say, yeah, you know, we're going to trust this outside organization to do some fundraising for us, to be in a very specific space and, and put it into place. And I think it can work because we do have places like the Catholic Foundation, which already have established a lot of those wonderful foundation aspects, but aren't necessarily tied directly to Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. And so this is for the schools, by the schools, and ultimately alongside the schools and everything that we do. Okay, so you're not the Catholic Foundation. The Catholic Foundation, of course, helps, in, like, you may, like you mentioned, in all different areas, including Catholic schools, but you're uh, specifically targeted just to the Catholic schools in the Dallas Diocese. Correct. Um, okay, and how exactly does it work? What, what, what does HALO do, and why, why is it needed for Catholic schools? Rick, do you want to answer that? What, yeah, what? sure. So Matt has created an exceptional grouping of schools that benefit our community, but he recognizes that in order to improve upon that and maintain excellence over time, you're going to need to do, tackle some tough issues. Mm-hmm. And he realized he didn't already always have the experience or the resource to do that. And so it was his thought that Halo could take on some of these exceptional uh, challenges. And the first one of those that we've now addressed in large part uh, was that we have these fabulous academic results, uh, far superior to generally other schools in the area, and a very safe and caring environment for our children And yet, despite that, we've had some declining enrollment in some of the schools and empty seats. And we just said, this doesn't make sense. And uh, so we said, how can we, HALO, step in and bolster enrollment? How can we contribute? And there are three primary ways we're now acting to do that. One is we actually distribute the funds that donors are generous enough to give us Uh, or to give to the Dallas Educational Endowment Trust or through the golf tournament that's run or a variety of sources. But we help distribute those funds to the schools for families in need. Mm -hmm. So tuition assistance for families in need. Uh, Currently, we distribute about $2 million working uh, as a conduit between the donors and the schools. The second thing is Catholic schools historically uh, have been focused on children and academics and a caring environment, and they've not spent a lot of time doing what I would call marketing, mm-hmm. just good old-fashioned building awareness. And so we have some talent we can bring to that issue as well to just let people know we're here and why we're different and mm-hmm. why we're special. Uh, and then thirdly, this enrollment issue, uh, Matt said, can't we do something to address these empty seats? And we came up with what is a 
as it turns out for the schools, somewhat innovative, but it's something that's been tried in business all over, and it's just called try and buy. Mm-hmm. Let people experience it and let them get in easily. And all of our analytical data within the Catholic school system shows that once they're in, they stay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't have to keep helping them all the time. <laughs> Reminds me of uh, car dealerships. Uh, I go to look at a car, and they'll say, "Do you want to take it home?" Yeah, and I'm like, sure. Oh, I can. I can take the car home with me, and yeah, you can keep it a couple of days if you want. And I think, okay, they must think I'm going to really like this car because they're letting me keep it for a couple of days. So obviously, maybe a, a crude comparison between a child in a school no, and, a, and a car, but that's the thing. So yeah, trying in the. So how is it going so far? This is you had about a year under your belt so far, Doctor Vicky. Yeah, so this is actually really fantastic. The program didn't launch until June of 2021. So we're really talking about just kind of three months that we were kind of pushing this Halo 139 program. But the amazing thing is that it's contributed to a larger story of success here within the diastasis. We saw close to a 5% enrollment gain this year. That is not something that we're seeing nationally. If you look back to March of 2020, we've had close to 300 schools across the country close. We um, have just not seen that type of aspect. And a lot of it is we've got these great local schools who have been working through things. We have the HALO program that came alongside of us. And, and they specifically are responsible for about a third of the growth that we saw this last year. Mm-hmm. The 140 students that they brought in through HALO 139 are all younger. They're largely below the first grade age and so these are families that are now going to be within our system for the next 10 years it's a tremendous benefit in order to kind of put this into place and I think as as Rick said you know the goal here has always been show people what they're missing because we found so many families who kind of pre-pandemic said well my public school is good enough my charter school is good enough but they've never really actually done the research of seeing what's the actual educational experience within a Catholic school Mm -hmm. and you know not just from that academic side of things but also the faith and the morals as well so 139 Halo 139 refers to how many students were going to be and you said 140 so I'm curious uh, how how that uh, one extra person got (laughs) Matt selected the, the pilot schools okay and decided how many students he thought each school can and should add, give it up an ideal environment. That was 139, so that's how we set it up. Um, we crossed that mark, and, and mm-hmm. he was accurate, of course. We did 140. One uh, more so, person said, pretty please. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> couldn't turn yeah. away. <laughs> and so, in aggregate, these five schools grew their enrollment this year by 19%, yeah. which is really exceptional. Uh, it was 139 students and 112 families, all of which are brand new to Catholic schools. They've never had any experience before. That was a criteria for entering into this program. Um, so, yeah, it, it's gone. Uh, it's exceeded our expectations. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Matt mentioned these families are going to be with us for 10 years if we can retain them. And retention has been good in the past, particularly in these schools. The math is that if we, if donors help us contribute one million dollars to help with this try it approach, the schools end up getting six million because they get some money f- this initial donor initiated funding. But then with retention, the families then pay mm-hmm. full tuition in years yeah. three and beyond. And as Matt said, they're very young children, so they're going to be with us for some time. Yeah. So that uh, it's a fabulous business case uh, to bolster the 
financial health of these schools mm-hmm. and well, help spread the cost for the f- existing families. What are the schools involved? I know we've run spots promoting some of these schools. Tell us what the schools are and how they were chosen. So St. Elizabeth, um, St. Joseph, which is in Waxahachie. St. Elizabeth uh, Hungry, is that the one in, yes. in, in South Dallas? Okay. Yep. Uh, just right outside the Oak Cliff area. Yeah. St. Paul. Uh, I am drawing a blank now right Santa in the Clara, middle of Santa, 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 Santa Clara. Clara. And um, Good Shepherd and Garland. Okay. And so we really looked at those five areas because they're areas of Dallas where we have a lot of young students and we have vibrant parishes, but weren't necessarily seeing the enrollment in the way that we expected to. And some of that is, it's just kind of parish dynamics. I mean, St. Elizabeth of Hungary, which is down in that Oak Cliff area, used to baptize 80 kids a year. Mm-hmm. And ever since COVID hit, you know, they're down to single digits, yeah. you know. And so the the way people have approached education has changed. And we said, we really need to find a way to make sure people understand these hidden gems within these neighborhoods. Uh, they're also schools which have established principals, they have established pastors, they really have very strong academic quality. And so we figured that that would be good for them to follow through. And, and they were all disproportionately hit by COVID, where we saw, you know, really outside of the average decline in their enrollment for the 2020-2021 school year. And so we saw those as just kind of ripe for us to begin to say, let's change the culture, get new students in, and, and it's been tremendously successful at all five of the schools. Yeah. This is a good news show, and we are live. It's 21 minutes after the hour. My guests in studio are uh, Dr. Matthew Fariki, Superintendent of Catholic Schools of the Dallas Diocese, and also Rick Spur, who is Chair of the HALO Initiative. And uh, we are have about 10 minutes remaining in the interview. I, I'm, you, you have 139 slots, and I'm sure you probably have a whole lot more people in the thousands that would have liked to have taken advantage of this. So how were the successful candidates chosen and what can you tell us about them and what was the criteria well we like you are confident there's there's many many more out there but reaching them is is part of the part of the challenge so a big part of this initiative was launching marketing programs as matt said as as late as june to achieve this to accommodate these uh to fill these empty seats so uh we didn't have to turn people away until the program was fulfilled. Yeah. And at that point we said, okay, you know, the coffers are full, but stick around and, and, uh, we may continue something like this in, in 2022, 2023. Calendar. Okay. It might even be bigger. I expect to have more, more seats available for the next, uh, it's going to be what next fall when you'll have uh, another uh, set of folks that'll have this opportunity. Yeah. And you know, and it may be different schools. It may be some of the same schools. One of the things that we're really looking at is that for a number of these schools, so Good Shepherd and Garland, for example, this full, this filled them up. I mean, they are not in a position where even if we wanted to run it again next year, we have enough slots for all of the new students who would want to come in. And and so, you know, for that to be that one-year intervention is really, really positive for us. For other schools, we also looked and we didn't want to change the culture too much. I mean, if you're a school of 100 kids and we bring in 25 to 30 new students, all of a sudden, you know, more than a quarter of your population is new and has yeah. never been there before. And so it was really important that we could kind of maintain the mission, the culture, and the identity of these schools, even as we were bringing in a lot of new students. So that's where the cap 
gap came from mm-hmm. and why we had an odd number when it was all said and done because we were really looking at you know not changing more than 15 to 20 percent of the student population as we brought new students right in. right so they they get a, a a discount in fact i think uh, and and tell me rick if you could the, the, i think the first semester is no cost and then eventually they're going to have to start paying their way so, and if i'm a parent i'm thinking gosh i this is a great deal but uh, i i'm looking for forward and eventually I'm going to have to start paying for this and I Correct. don't know if I'm going to have to. How, how do you address that concern? So so the structure uh, is that it's a 50% discount for two years. Okay. In addition to that, we created a payment plan which allowed for the first semester to be deferred. Uh, and if in fact, at the end of the first semester, they didn't like the experience, we don't need to get any money from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's basically try it, you'll like it free first semester. Yeah. Then they start to pay off this 50% level that we talked about. And then beginning in year three, it's full tuition. Now, we recognize that some people, we may have some people who still are in need at that point. Yeah. Uh, and we would want to provide tuition assistance where possible, again, where that was needs-based. And so some of the money we raised was to help create a second pool of funding for those people. But. We were very transparent and and made certain that the new families understood that year three was on them, yeah. either through the normal grant process or however they chose to bring money to the table. Right. And, and a lot of students receive financial aid, right? Uh, I mean, it's not uncommon that these people wouldn't be in just their own little category. Do you, do you have the number off the top of your head, Dr. Freaky? Yeah, how many, about, how many, what percent? about 30% of our diocese is going to receive some form of financial aid um, in, in terms of a need-based financial aid. And, and that moves up to about 50% when you consider multi-child discounts, discounts for parishioners and those types of things. So it's nearly half the system mm-hmm. has some type of way that, that they're allowed to be within us and not have to pay the full price of, of the cost of education. Yeah. And all the schools you mentioned were grade schools. Uh, and I know you, you want the, the younger students and then they're going to be getting Catholic education. Would there ever be an opportunity for this to be available at the high schools? Um, or, or do you think it'll, even going forward, it's always going to be the, the, the lower grade schools? Well, the business model really works best for us within these grade schools. There are elements about the high school that we're looking at that we think we could do something Similar, and it would really take a look at our students who are kind of already on financial aid within our grade schools through eighth grade um, discount programs and various other things to make our Catholic high schools much more accessible. Since you're only in a Catholic high school for four years, though, it's a it's a much different experience. Mm-hmm. And for many of our families, they fully understand the value of what a Catholic high school can bring in terms of their connection to college and beyond. So for there, it just really does sometimes come down to a matter of means. I mean, when you're talking talking about an education which is $18,000 a year, the reality is some families just can't afford a $80,000 investment. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we're working on ways to make sure that we can make that more affordable. And we're working on ways to make sure, especially if you've made the commitment to us through Catholic education, that we can continue on and help you with that as you get to that high school level as well. Yeah. Let's uh, spend our last few minutes here talking about how our listeners can help you. Um, I'm guessing, Dr. Vicky, you would like to have more Rick Spurs out there, more business <laughs> leaders. We can't clone them. Of course, we can't do that anyway. But uh, uh, what 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 are your needs as far as the business community, or who who are, who would you like to to help you? Well, that is a great question. And the first thing people can do is go to thehaloinitiative.org. That is the website for the Halo Initiative. Not only did we start this as as 
you know, Rick had said from the beginning as a way to kind of help the schools financially, but it was really meant to kind of tap into this wonderful community that we have in Dallas of incredible Catholics and people who have been touched by Catholic schools who ultimately have said, I want to give something back, but I'm not really sure in which way to do it. And the great thing about the Halo Initiative is because it's not controlled by the diocese, if you have great ideas, if you have wonderful approaches, if you have things that you've always said, here are things that you could be doing that are innovative and exciting, this is really the group for you. And it's uh, one of the ways that you could reach out to Rick and, and learn more about that to find out how you could help. All right, Rick, you know, I'm looking at it and you're thinking, okay, you got your 140 students and, uh, you know, next year you're probably going to do this again. But as far as right now, uh, is there going to be anything in the spring semester or will you can be waiting until the fall again to do this again? Or yep. uh, what, what else can our listeners do, maybe uh, even outside the business community, just the mom and dad with, with sure. kids? What, what can they do? Well, we're not finished with Halo 139. We've we've added all the children and the new families, but we still are in doing the fundraising for that. Okay. Um, so as as Matt mentioned, by going to HaloInitiative.org, there's a mechanism there. If if you like what you see there and what you've heard, you can actually make a donation that way. Um, also, there's a mechanism there to sign up for our newsletter. So as we launch new programs you stay involved and are aware of, of what we're going to be doing next. Another concept we've talked about, but we still have to put meat on the bones is for halo to perform a role as a hub where we can connect all these various schools, which are all independent mm -hmm. in many ways um, to a common hub and make their needs well known. And that then allows donors in turn to have a place to go if they want to look at specific needs and do that in a coordinated way. So our collective impact is greater rather than having all these schools try to reach out to various donors and all the donors try to uh, decide who they're going to give their money to. We think we can perform a role, just in, uh, an informative role, in connecting needs and, and prospective donors. Okay, so that website is at haloinitiative.org, or it's not the Halo, okay, haloinitiative.org. And uh, finally, let's just uh, real quickly recap what happened last Monday uh, around this time. We were out there doing a live broadcast at the Bishop's Invitational, and everybody wants to know who won the, uh, Cisco actually brought this up before the show started, who won the, the uh, Bishop's Cup? Well, uh, it was a team from Jackson Walker, who are the uh, attorneys for our diocese. They were representing St. Mary of Carmel by way of St. Rita. So this year, every team got to pick a school that they were representing, and, and they chose St. Mary of Carmel, which is the sister school of okay. St. Rita. Um, shot a smoking 56 out there on the course, so they did very, very well. You know, wow. Certainly in PGA range, if uh, they weren't 56. three people. Yeah. That, I mean, I, forgive my ignorance, because I don't play golf. That's that, that Holes yeah, it's a scramble. So, that's a scramble. You know, so the best ball, best kind of. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. But, but still, that's pretty good. Um, you yeah. know, shows they must spend a lot of time out there on that the course. That wasn't Bill Slavek's team, was it? <laughs> it was not. Okay, he was the best dressed man yeah. out there. But it's great we're talking also about the golf tournament because, you know, for all the people who are listening, I mean, those are the first two checks that I write every year to both the golf tournament and then to the Halo Initiative. Yeah. You know, they, they both, one, help us bring new students into the school, but then help us keep them there once they're there. And so yeah. it's just two tremendous organizations that I'm really, really proud of that we have here in Dallas.
Yeah. Well, thank you both for, for being here. Uh, Rick, nice to meet you. Thank you, David. And uh, again, I want to thank Jane Kennecke, uh, um for the executive director of the Halo Initiative uh, and for all of uh, setting this up and sending me great questions. It made it very easy on me. So Dr. Matthew Vricky, superintendent of Catholic Schools uh, of the Dallas Diocese and also Rick Spur, the chair of the Halo Initiative. If you want to get involved or look at those mechanisms that Rick was talking about, just go to Halo Initiative. Dot org and uh, everything you could possibly dream of about Halo Initiative is going to be right there at that one site. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, very much. And uh, we're going to take a break. And then Adrian Montes from uh, uh, Mater Dei Latin Mass Parish is going to join us. They got a big October 13th Fatima um, procession, candlelight procession. I actually participated in it last year. I thought it was great. And so we'll talk about that and the other things going on at their parish and other events that you may want to get involved in. Uh, so quick break. We'll be right back with that. Save the date. Catholic Charities of Dallas invites all KATH 910 AM listeners to Breakfast with the Bishop on Thursday, October 7th at St. Paul Catholic Church in Richardson. The event takes place from 7.30 AM to 9 AM at the St. Paul Center on 900 St. Paul Drive. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit ccdallas.org or call 866-223-7500. Hi, this is Bob Dwayne with My Mutual Mortgage, a sponsor of KATH 910 AM. My wife, Norm, and I have been longtime supporters of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are praying for our country and all that are affected by the coronavirus. The drastic fluctuations in the market have caused mortgage rates to drop to record lows. If you'd like an analysis of your mortgage situation, we can be reached by calling 817-527-3166. That's 817-527-3166. My Mutual Mortgage is an equal housing lender, NMLS 12901. Howdy, I'm Michael James Arienza, a senior at Holy Trinity Seminary. My brother seminarians and I invite you to support our annual Spes Gregis benefit. This year, all donations will be matched dollar for dollar. So please visit HolyTrinitySeminary.org to see how your gift can have twice the impact. Then join us virtually on Friday, October 29th to watch the live stream event on our Facebook page. Are you tired of working from home? If so, you're invited to check out Work Suites, a new sponsor of KATH 910 AM owned by Flip Howard from St. Thomas Aquinas Parish in Dallas. Work Suites is designed for professionals who desire their own workspace to get their work done. Work Suites provides amenities such as a receptionist, mail and package handling, meeting rooms, and high-speed internet. To learn more about Work Suites, you can visit worksuites.com or call 888-312-WORK. That's work, S-U-I-T-E-S dot com. Come join the St. Joseph Catholic Church community at 600 South Jupiter Road in Richardson for fun and fellowship at their annual St. Joseph Fall Festival on Sunday, October 24th. The time of the festival is from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Parish Grounds. Taste the delicious food of hot dogs, hamburgers, international cuisine from the multicultural community, and enjoy games, booths, inflatables, music, and special entertainment. There will be fun for all ages. For prices of the festival, call Carol at 214-564-8684 or visit stjoseph.org. St. Francis Village is located on 250 acres on the shore of Lake Benbrook in southwest Fort Worth. You will love to live your retirement here at this secure Catholic community. If you are 62 and independent, call Mike at 817-292-5786. Walk to daily mass and participate in various activities. You can even feed the deer from your patio. Rates include utilities for cottages starting at under $900. Call Mike at 817-292-5786 to get on the wait list and to begin living at St. Francis Village. 
Sure, sure. All right, we are back. And uh, welcome to the show. This is the Good News Show. Good to uh, talk to the gentleman about the Halo Initiative a moment ago. And we are on to our next uh, interview, next topic. And it's 35 minutes after the hour. Uh, Dave Palmer is my name. Cecil Anderson is producing the program. I just want to give one quick reminder in case you didn't catch the beginning of the show that uh, we are celebrating this year. There's a lot of things going on in October. I there mean, really are. This is the uh, pro-life month and the, one of the months of dedicated to Our Lady. And uh, it also happens to be the 15th anniversary of Catholic Radio here in North Texas, English and Spanish. And so we've been brainstorming and trying to figure out ways to, to celebrate. And we were thinking about open houses and all that. But we thought, you know what, we're a radio station. So we're going to do a radio program and invite people to call in and give you a little testimony. So we want to give you advance notice. We've been sending out bulk emails and putting it on you know social media and all that. So, uh, so, so this Friday... 5 to 7 p.m., October yes. 8th. We got, uh, to, we're going to open up for two hours and do a, a special show. Yes, you're going to be able to hear a little bit about the history of KTH 9, 10 a.m. Um, Dave's goes back a little bit more extensively than mine does, but <laughs> <laughs> we're going to yeah. have uh, interviews from our president and vice president and maybe some other fun things as well. But yeah, anyone who calls in, though, and shares a testimony, you're going to be entered into a raffle to get one of two beautiful Our Lady of Guadalupe two-foot-tall statues, one colored, one not, and uh, would grace any home that it goes into. Very very beautiful. There's pictures in the bulk email I sent out. I'm going to post them on our GRN DFW Facebook page today, and so you can get a look at them and make plans to call in. Yeah, and uh, we got them over at Sacred Heart, and uh, you know the, 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 these these Catholic bookstores here locally are just so wonderful. And uh, we, we we said we want to pay for it, and so we paid you know full price because we need to support these Catholic bookstores and uh, you know keep them in business. It's such a blessing to be able to just walk into a place and you know uh, you know kind of browse and see all these amazing books and jewelry and rosaries and statues and art. So please support the local Catholic bookstores. And uh, they, so that program is going to be this Friday, the 8th of October, 5 to 7 p.m. It's our 15th anniversary celebration. And plan on calling in and giving uh, your memory or thought or maybe some uh, program that really touched you. I mean, I, I could think I could tell you all kinds of stories, but uh, hopefully it won't just be me and Sissel telling all of our yeah, testimonies. Let's, let's yeah, pray that's and, we, and we each win one of the statues because <laughs> nobody else called in, right? That, that'd be a bummer. That would be really sad. Okay. All right. So we move on to our next and final guests of the program, and they are none other than uh, Adrian and Mary Montez, uh, who are from Mater Dei Latin Mass Parish in Irving, and uh, Adrian serves as the Parish Life Coordinator at the parish, and he, uh, you might have, you recognize his name and voice, he was on our, our recent share He's one of the featured interviews that we did. And uh, Mary is a full-time volunteer, is that the right thing? And, and it kind of his unofficial assistant, is that right, Mary? Yes. Okay. So. All right. Very good. Well, welcome to you both, and uh, thanks, thanks for coming Dave. back. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking about a number of things, but I think the primary topic that you were very interested in talking about, Adrian, is what's going on October 13th, which is going to be next. Is it Wednesday? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, Our Lady of Fatima procession over at the parish beginning at 6.30 p.m., and it's, uh, it's going on for all the way until 10 o'clock. I participated in this last year. In fact, I bought my rosary there last year that I still have because you had a little kiosk. That looks for, like a tough rosary, yeah, tough Dave. rosary. Oh, yeah. I, I went there. I, I felt so bad because I, I was going to a rosary procession. I didn't have a rosary because I'd lost mine. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm, I, what, a, what a fool I am. Going, and then, sure enough, I see this, and so I got this. But anyways, <laughs> uh, tell us about um, 
you, you want, let's, let's talk about Fatima first. We both kind of, I know you're both devotees of Our Lady of Fatima, as am I, but uh, well, what does Our Lady of Fatima be, mean to you two, especially as uh, parents? Well, <clears throat> growing up, Our Lady of Fatima was always a, the, the default common denominator was just the rosary. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got more involved with the church to learn more about the beautiful history and the messages of the Blessed Mother appearing to three ch- shepherd children in 1917, uh, yeah. and then actually the apparition started in 1916 with the guardian angel teaching them how to pray the rosary and how to offer up reparation. And it's a beautiful story, um, kind of scary when you look at the, even the, uh, the first and the secret, second secrets of Fatima that, that she shared with uh, uh, Lucia. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's so much uh, to this. There's the vision of hell, there's the uh, you know, comment about Russia, consecration of Russia. There's the big debate, uh, which we don't need to get into, about whether Russia has actually been right. consecrated. And, you know, there's people, you know, good people you know, arguing both directions. But uh, what about you, Mary? What, what, is, uh, what does Our Lady of Fatima and those events mean to you? It's great to come yearly and to be reminded on how important the rosary is, and especially with our Blessed Mother promising that in the end her Immaculate Heart will triumph, and obviously to continue to motivate us to pray the rosary with our children and with others. So in our home, we actually quite a few times, several times a year, we'll invite friends over and we'll pray rosaries in our home with our friends and the children there as well. Yeah, we um, we have a daughter born on September 13th. Mm. We have a son born on May 13th. And one of the cool things about Fatima is you get, what, like six days. I mean, you get May 13th, June 13th, July. I mean, each one of these 13ths is very significant. Mm. Of course, culminating on October 13th. Now, this is a very important day for those who right. uh, are, are not familiar with Fatima and maybe listening and, and thinking, Fatima, what's this all about? What's, what's the significance of October 13th, Adrian? Well, so starting in May, the the first thirteenth, that, that's where the church declares that the the, the Mar- uh, Our Lady of Fatima, and so it leads up to the uh, life changing for a lot of people all over Portugal and Spain, um, where the miracle of the sun happened. And how many uh, how many witnesses were there? Seventy to a hundred thousand. Yeah. So yeah. sun falling so, down. So this wasn't some obscure thing, and that mm-hmm. you know that that uh, that that's uh, you know outside of the passion and death and resurrection of our our Lord, and maybe you know a few things with Our Lady, like the Annunciation and some right. of the the uh, the Assumption and all that. This is uh, one of the the most sig- the significant events in history. The whole world should be talking about right. this. It shouldn't just be the Catholics. I mean, this is there were newspaper reporters there. You had the Dancing of the Sun. Saint Joseph shows up. I mean. Uh, this is amazing, and mm. it seems to have been lost uh, for much of history. In fact, I bet you next Wednesday, when you look at the new the CNN or USA Today or mm. even Fox, there's not any mention of this. It's only in the Catholic Church, which is sad because this is a historical event. And so, mm. what else about that day are we commemorating that happened? Well, because uh, it was a pretty big. So, this is the 104th anniversary. I, I, I like to, even for the, the people who don't believe in God, the, the 100th anniversary. If you looked at the constellations uh, on the 100th anniversary, it was like every millennial where the stars <laughs> align up. And so there was a even, uh, for those that don't even, don't even believe in God, the, the Virgo, the, the virgin of the constellation of the stars, was giving birth to a star 
Leo, which is the king. Oh, and is so that right? I it, didn't know that. Even through, take God out of it, science, our, our, there was many conversions of even atheists coming of uh, and witnessing the uh, our Blessed Mother. Amazing. So, um, big event next Wednesday evening. It's not just for modern-day parishioners. This is for everybody. And um, I, like I said, I went last year, and it was really great. So tell us about uh, what's what's happening. Kind of bring us through the timeline of what will be happening next Wednesday. Yes. So uh, last year our theme was um, 24-hour rosary procession. So it was great. Uh, we had the bishop come out last year. I think we had, through the 24 hours, a thousand devotees mm. uh, throughout the 24 hours. Uh, this year, in times uh, just getting out of COVID, it's it's the time to go out. Yeah. And uh, so what we uh, what our pastor has decided to do, we are going to go on a rosary procession. And the, the way I love Matri Day, they they are hands down beautiful liturgy, Matri Day Latin Mass. They they take pride in their liturgy. They Gregorian chant. Lantern hymns, litany of altar boys, candles, banners. Uh, we are going to uh, walk a two and a half mile walk. I even like the uh, the um, symbolism here. We're walking to Trinity Park, <laughs> <laughs> and we're heading east. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, when we get to Trinity Park, we're going to do probably a large lap around that park down Campion Trail, and uh, along with the three rosaries and more hymns, and then we'll come back. When we uh, come back to our parish, we have a really nice potluck. So, you know, all you that like to bring food, you know, just your tortillas, your Mexican food, your Italian food. Uh, yes, right. it's going to be a really big celebration uh, along with, um, yes, the Marian devotees there. And mm-hmm. I, I love that uh, the keynote speaker is still set, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Because I, I think I told you on the phone, I know uh, Father Jim Kelleher because many years ago we had a big um, rosary mm-hmm. event. Uh, I'm just looking at you guys. You guys are pretty young. You'd probably be, you were like, you know, in grade school <laughs> at the time. This was back about 15 years ago mm-hmm. uh, at, at the Cotton Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it was... He mentioned that to did, us. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was like, we're going global. And, you know, he's yes. just he's such a funny, fun priest. And so, uh, but yeah, he's with the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity, the Salt Order down at Corpus Christi. Uh, so tell us about Father, Father Kelleher, oh, why, Father, why he was involved. Why, why yes, he's involved. So Father Jim Kelleher, if, if you've ever known him or met him, he is just full of our Blessed Mother. He, yeah. he loves a miraculous medal. And I almost call him our uh, rosary devotee expert. I mean, to the point he would rent out stadiums. Yeah. And uh, get about 10,000 people together and in unity, 10,000 people at once praying the rosary. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, along with the, the Blessed Sacrament. So, how better else for uh, next Wednesday when you all come to witness our keynote speaker, Jim Kelleher? <coughs> He's going to give a talk on, on the rosary. Yeah, so it's going to start six thirty with the rosary procession. Of course, you can do all or or some of this, and mm-hmm. I know some people right. probably have to get home with the kids early, and so you may not be able to uh, be involved in all of it. But uh, just don't worry, do, dinner's just do, there, so do, they're, do they're what all... you can. Right, so eight thirty <laughs> outdoor uh, potluck social six thirty. Uh, Yes. Uh, no, no, the, the, the social okay. is eight thirty, oh, right? Thank you. Okay, Sorry, and then the procession will be at six thirty. The talk will be at eight o'clock. Festivities conclude at, at ten o'clock. Bring bring a, a dish to share. Is this something that you need to let? They need to let you know they're coming, or just show up. They can show up and have uh, a side dish to share with the community. Would be great. 
All right. So uh, very good. And uh, again, Adrian and Mary Montes uh, joining us here. And uh, if you want to uh, contact them for anything, or maybe you just want to go visit the parish, or you you know want to check out a Latin mass sometime, parish life at materdeiparish dot com. Parish life at materdeiparish.com. dot com. Okay. Anything else about that event? We'll we'll recap it here at the end of our conversation. But what else? About I wanted that? to make a note as well that uh, during the procession, we will be saying prayers in English and in Latin, and we'll have programs as well. For those who are visiting. Okay. So this is open to, like you said, the Fatima is for also those um, not quote-unquote Catholic, and if they are attracted to this, they can come as well. And Father's talk will be in English, not Latin, right? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's uh, talk about life at the parish. You mentioned about the beauty of the liturgy and how, um, uh, you know, the, the traditional Latin Mass folks uh, they take great you know, pride in a good sense about the, the liturgy. Um, for those who have never been to a Latin Mass, what's uh, what's it like? I think there's, uh, especially in the, it's been in the news uh, a lot the last, you know, the, the, the Pope's motu proprio, and there's been a lot of talk about it, Catholic Radio. Mary, from your perspective, and I know you've got a lot of kids, you've got young kids. Yes, I do. And sometimes I think like, uh, gosh, it's hard enough to keep kids' attention at a, mm-hmm. a regular Mass in mm-hmm. English, much less Latin Mass. But I've heard that that's, it's, that's not always the case. The kids actually will get very... Uh, you know, they, they enjoy it, but what has been right. your 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 um, take on it, especially as a mother? As a mother, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about the rosary, and I find, and I tell my friends this, I find that the way that the children are during the rosary at home will be the way that they normally are during Mass. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, I've been around the Latin Mass for over 20 years, and, um, you know, we have to be forgiving of the children and ourselves and still continue to show them that, you know, we love coming here and uh, it is something that that mom and dad loves coming to for good reason. It's all for God. And so the littles, the little, some people think it's going to be too hard, but it's okay to step out mm-hmm. and it's okay to pray outside, go visit the grotto, go outside and say prayers outside during the sermon. Yeah. You know, that's okay to do. And actually it's advisable, you know, yeah, if they can't yeah. sit too still and um, then bring them back in. And those of our older children, we have teenagers and uh, we allow them to take that responsibility upon themselves and sometimes go ahead have a let's sit where would you like to sit today you know in the front in the middle the back what what not but i've always seen the direct correlation with how to pray at home with how they act in prayer mm-hmm. during yeah. mass yeah, it's gonna be very similar mm-hmm. why did y'all choose you say you've been going to the land mass uh, for 20 years now, uh, which would bring you, I, as a pretty, pretty young lady, oh. so why, why did you, did you all choose as a as a couple to do this, or were you both already involved before you got married, or, or what? Really interesting. Oh, definitely by the grace of God. Um, we were both single in college in A&M Corpus Christi, and... Uh, Whoop! Yeah. Can, can yeah. you whoop for A&M Corpus Christi? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, right. no. Okay, I just, I, I don't know what the whoop rules are. Okay. <laughs> I have no connection to A&M, and by it, the way. I just think it's funny that It they was whoop. back in 1998, and the Latin Mass was um, ongoing at that time, believe it or not. And um, So, so yeah, I, I, uh, I was brought up in junior high in the Latin Mass. And so, yeah. um, at that time, it was a blessing or a curse because our community was so small. Yeah, and I was the only middle school person there, so I, I'd always uh, desired 
to, oh, man, it would be nice if I could meet a girl that went to the Latin Mass. Because <laughs> you just never saw anyone. Right, so in right. college, um, some years later, I was always very nervous to, to talk about the Latin Mass. And so uh, that's where my wife and I met. Uh, we were on the same flag football team, and we hit it off. And then, um, yeah, I invited her. I I'd put it all out there. I'm like, um, would you like to come to mass with me it's like oh yeah sure it's like it's latin and i was ready for the rejection and then she said the most wonderful thing so wonderful that i had to marry this woman she said she said i've always wanted to go to oh, a really? latin mass oh, wow. well and the other part of the story prior to that you know how just like the fatima seers god prepared them uh prior to, for the ladies, our ladies' visit yeah. by the visitation of the angel. Well, prior to meeting Adrian and him mentioning the Latin Mass, a priest had mentioned it uh, at one of his sermons, and it was something when he was mentioning it. I said, "I I really would like to experience this liturgy, this liturgy of old," and. Um, I had no clue. Back in the days, can you believe there was no cell phones mm -hmm. in 1998? Or maybe yeah. there was, but it wasn't in my pocket. Right. And so how was I going to find this Latin mass? And, uh, well, heaven had me find it through this young man when he came. And it Did was check out the yellow pages then. or something? Or? <laughs> <I know. laughs> uh, yeah, and, and, and uh, one of the things, the, the, uh, a blessing about the Dallas Diocese is that we have a bishop who's very supportive of the Latin Mass. I know he told me that personally one time mm, I was visiting beautiful. with him, Bishop Burns. Uh, I, I think, I, and he said he wanted to come and visit, and so... Um, oh, I, yes, uh, he came last year. We, we just really enjoyed our bishop, and our chancellor is very supportive. And I, hands down, if you come to Mater Day after your third week... I mean, the the piety and the reverence it's it definitely reinvigors your because like the rosary it can get rote the re mm -hmm. repetition the repetition yeah. but but oh one thing the, the liturgy is is so reverent and it it really transforms the soul ninety five of the pe people uh, percent of the people they don't know Latin there yeah, and, yeah. but yet mm -hmm. your soul wants to come back for more mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it truly uh, has us focus on God and lifts our minds and hearts to it helps to lift our minds and hearts to him especially in the the songs that we have there as well um, do your kids like it yes it, it's it's calming it's soothing <laughs> and then the Gregorian chant is the language yeah. of, of the church and Saint Dominic said you know if you sing things sing prayers it's like praying it twice yeah yeah he so, sings praise twice yes. let me uh talk about a couple of the other events coming up and then i want to recap uh what's happening next wednesday october 13th uh, on october 7th which is just i guess this thursday a sung mass our lady of the rosary what what is uh, a, a sung mass does that mean that portions of it, the, the, the priest will sing it. I guess yeah, that's that, what that yeah, means. Yeah, that's a great question. So you have different classifications of masses. Uh, most people know it as, oh, hey, there's a high mass and there's a daily mass. And yeah. so in, in the uh, Roman liturgy, the Latin mass, uh, you have uh, your low mass, which is basically if you go and you're witnessing mass, it's really quiet usually, and there's two candles on the altar. Mm -hmm. uh, the next phase, the next, it's called a sung mass. And so it's one priest, and you'll see six, uh, six candles on the altar, usually with choir accompaniment there. And then on 
more special feast days, that's when you would have a um, a solemn high mass. Okay. It is kind of it's the same thing, but there the participation in that liturgy. You have three priests that are now participating. Oh wow! In, in you that. have to have three priests at a solemn. Well, it's mass? it's um, it's a priest, a uh, a deacon, and a subdeacon. So technically, they can be deacons, uh, but usually uh, we have uh, four priests at our parish, so we utilize them for that. And then you have a pontifical high mass, which um, if the bishop comes to celebrate that. It's uh, it's very detailed and is yeah, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the the parish website is materdayparish dot what dot com dot com. Okay, mm-hmm. materdayparish dot com. We've got uh, just a couple of minutes remaining uh, with Adrian and Mary Montez. Uh, Adrian serves as parish life coordinator at uh, uh, Modern Day Parish, and uh, uh, Mary is uh, his assistant and also yes. a full-time volunteer over there. So let's just recap what's happening next Wednesday, October 13th, uh, 6.30 p.m. until 10. Everybody's invited, whether you, you've ever been there before, whether you speak Latin or not. If you don't know a, a single word in Latin, no problem at all, but you're invited to go to this uh, uh, Our Lady of Fatima candlelight procession at the parish. So let's just talk about the details again, if you will. Uh, so if this is your first time coming or second, make sure to bring a candle and your rosary, and we'll have programs there. Um, upon arriving, we'll, you'll definitely see that we have Our Lady. We have it, her decorated with flowers and a beer, and the men standing around, including the Knights of Columbus of Modern Day, they're standing around, and they will uh, be guided as to where to park. Okay. And uh, a talk uh, approximately 8 o'clock from Father John Jim Kelleher with the Society of Our Lady of the Most Holy Trinity. And he is a holy, holy guy, loves the rosary, like you said, loves the miraculous medal. And I, I got to know him, uh, just a wonderful guy. So I'm so sure that talk is going to be outstanding. 8.30, outdoor potluck social, and then everything will conclude at uh, 10 o'clock. Anything else, Adrian, about the event you want to mention? Yeah, for, for those... Uh, like my wife said, um, coming for your first or second time. Yeah, I mean, feel free. Bring your Marian banners. You, you you have banners at home. You got rosaries. You have deceased loved ones. Bring yeah. bring their pictures with a candle. There's there's uh, we we are there to pray to make reparation to. Uh, get the souls out of purgatory to unite that prayer. Yeah, we, and we need to do uh, more of this. Uh, is it just me, or are there more outdoor processions than there used to be? It seems like, uh, I mean, when I was growing up, I don't ever remember going to an outdoor procession. Right. Maybe we just didn't do it, but I don't, I don't remember. But it seems like in the last 10, 15, 20 years, more churches are doing this, more public uh, processions, which I think is a great thing. So everybody is in, as cordially invited and uh, just go to materdeiparish.org if you want more details. Uh, thanks to both of you for coming in. Great thanks to for having see us, you. Dave. Thank you so much. Yeah, and God bless your uh, your beautiful family. And uh, all the five kids? Six, 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 six kids. kids. Okay, yes. six kids. All right, Cecil, that's going to do it. Is uh, Are we out of time? Okay, I hear the music. All right, so uh, thanks to all of our guests. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, this Friday, October 8th, 5 to 7, our 15th anniversary show. Call in and give us your testimony. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your Monday. Thanks for joining us for the Good News Show here on KATH 910 AM on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please join us next week at the same time for the next Good News Show.
Hi, I'm Wesley Castaneda, a second-year pre-theologian for the Diocese of Dallas, discerning my vocation at a Holy Trinity Seminary. I invite you to support this best Gregi Seminarian benefit, which will be live-streamed on our Facebook page on Friday, October 29 at 7 p.m. We hope you will tune in for a night of celebrating the best Gregis, the hope of the flock. Visit holytrinityseminary.org for more details on how you can support this benefit. Loretta House in Denton is a pregnancy resource center that serves women dealing with unplanned pregnancies. They provide free pregnancy testing and free ultrasounds. Clients receive material goods like diapers, baby items, clothing, parenting classes, and more. Loretta House is an official apostolate of the Diocese of Fort Worth. All services are provided free of charge and remain completely confidential. Many babies are saved and many hearts changed. For more information, visit LorettaHouse.org or call 940-380-8191. I'll bet you know by now that Amazon Smile is a great way to support your favorite charity. And so